We just are so privileged and honored to have you with us here this morning. So thankful that you're with us. It's an honor to be in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? It's an honor to come together and gather in the name of Jesus and lift him up, but also to, to learn and to grow together. I'm so thankful that we can come together and worship him. Amen? Easy. Praise God. So I want to start today by talking to you about letting go of distractions and entanglements. I know this is Mother's Day. And you probably thought, well, she's going to talk about mom or some mother in the Bible. We are going to talk about uh, a couple of ladies in the Bible. But I want to direct your attention mostly to uh, distractions and entanglements that might be occurring in your life. Right now, you have an opportunity to focus on what I'm saying. You have an opportunity to think about what we're going to talk about. Or you can talk about, you can think about what you're going to eat and about your reservation. Hurry up, lady. I have a reservation in two hours. Um, you know, you might be thinking about maybe your mom. Maybe she's not here. Maybe you're thinking about what you're missing out on today or what you're going to do tomorrow. Maybe you're thinking about bills. I don't know. Maybe somebody, you know, is thinking about, um, you know, maybe they don't want to be here. But God has a plan. And he has a focus for us here today. And while I'm here, up here, there's distractions going on for me. There's, you know, people talking to each other. And there's people getting up and going out. And, uh, you know, and then there's, you know, all the distractions that are going on in the room. And sometimes my, my um, computer will pop up with some notifications. And I have to quickly avoid those so that I'm not distracted by those. So that I can focus on what I want to tell you about. And a lot of times, there'll be noise in the room. There'll be babies, as there were earlier, and just different things that are taking place. And I have to talk louder for the person that's going to sleep right now because maybe they stayed up too late. And, uh, you know, so there's distractions. Yeah. We all would agree. Yeah. That's right. And in the day and the hour that we're living in right now, there are a ton of distractions. And uh, turn to Ephesians, if you would, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. And I want to just direct your attention to the scripture. This is out of the Passion Translation. It says, so be very careful. It doesn't just say be careful. It says, be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding. In other words, he's assuming that you have some understanding. But live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times. Would you say that we are living in evil times right now? We are. Take full advantage of every day. Every day, take full advantage of it. What does that mean? Don't let a day go by without worshiping and praising and focusing on your God. Amen? And as you spend your life for his purposes... There is a purpose for your life. It's his purpose. You might think that your purpose is just to get up and go to work every day and bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan and do whatever you do at night and watch Netflix and whatever you do in your home, you know. But there is purpose for your life. God has an ordained purpose for your life. Amen? Amen? And he's not done. If you're breathing, then he's not done. I don't care what age you are. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't, know, I don't care what has happened in the past in your life. God is not done with you if you are still breathing. Amen? He has purpose for your life. And don't live foolishly. What's foolish living? We're going to talk about it. For then, if you don't live foolishly, then you will have discernment 
to fully understand God's will. How many want to understand God's will for your life? How many know you can have discernment for God's will for your life if you're not living foolishly? So what what I'm saying by foolish living is there are distractions in the world. There are entanglements. There are things that try to get our focus and get us off of the plan and the purposes of God so that we're just like a wheel within a wheel. We're just kind of turning and spinning every day. And then we come home and we're exhausted. And our mind is so, has been so preoccupied with so many things that by the time we get home, we just put it in chill mode. My kids used to say, I'm just going to chill. What does that mean? You're just going to chill. Please explain. You're going to chill. That just means that you're going to turn the off button in your brain that you're not going to think. It is not possible for you to completely chill and not think. You know that you're always thinking about something even when you're in chill mode. Y'all know that, right? So my boys are talking over here. So distractions are real. See, they're distracting me. You saw that was a good good example. Distractions are significant and distractions are affecting almost every area of your life today. Every area. I want you to just purpose in your heart right now. You're going to focus. You're not going to be distracted. You're going to focus on what we're talking about right now. Career builders say that three out of four employees spend two to three hours a day wasted because of distractions. Two to three hours a day. Isn't that amazing? So we need to let go of distractions and things that hold us back. Distractions are something from the enemy to come to distract you, to keep you from fulfilling the plan of God for your life. We're going to talk about what some of these distractions are. When I say distractions, you might think, oh, yeah, I know what a distraction is. But do you really understand the categories of distractions that are taking your focus off of what God has for you in this hour? We're going to talk about that. So it's hard to focus sometimes because there's mental clutter. We might blame it on, I have ADD, I have ADHD. How many children are on ADHD medicine right now because they think they can't control them, but in reality, what it is is just a lot of of stuff going on in the world. And I'm telling you, there are spirits in the world that are coming to hinder you and keep you off of what God has for your life. And if you're not aware of the enemy's devices, you'll just give in and you'll follow his plan and he'll divert you and he'll just be off doing whatever, la-la land for the rest of your life and until Jesus comes, at least you're saved. That's not how we want to live, right? How many want to fulfill the plan of God for your life? How many want to stand before God and, say, and have him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Not have him say, well, you're done. No, I want to be standing before him and he said, I gave you this to do and you did it. I gave you this to do and you did it. I gave you this to do and you did it. Thank you for fulfilling the plan that I had for your life. Or are we going to stand before him and say, you are just too busy and I'm going to have all the excuses in the world and say, God, I was just distracted and you gave me these three kids to raise and they were just a mess for 10 years and I don't know what I had to do during that time, but I couldn't focus on anything because, man, life is just too hard. We can come up with all kinds of excuses why we can't fulfill the plan of God for our life. We can be diverted. We can say it's this problem and and I have this physical problem and I have this mental problem and I've got emotional problems. Everybody's got problems. I got problems. I'm not problem free. If you're living on earth, you got problems. 
But what do we do with those problems? We have the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And we're supposed to be believers. What are you believing in? Are you believing in your problems? Are you believing in your answer? I believe in the answer. I believe that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. I believe that I can stand before you today and say, I am more than a conqueror because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this stinking world. Amen? And Jesus is coming soon. Would you concur? And it's time for us to get up, pull our bootstraps up, and fulfill the plan of God that he has for us. And stop using excuses, and stop murmuring and complaining, and stop being distracted by the cares of life. Amen? Amen. We need to recognize the enemy and his devices. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So... Let's let go of distractions because they can destroy you. The meaning of the word distraction is, this is from the Latin root word. It was in the 1590s. It means a pulling apart. Distractions, a pulling apart, a separating, a drawing of the mind in different directions. A pulling apart, a separating, a, a drawing of the mind in different directions. It sounds like the last two years. A pulling apart, we've been separated, and a drawing of the mind in different directions. Disinformation. I'll just drop that in there. What is the truth? What do we follow after? We follow after what the Word of God says. We follow after the truth and the truth only. We don't follow after opinions of man. We follow after what the Word of God says. If you have a question about something, you find it in the Word of God. If you can't find it, you come to somebody that can help you find it. You know, I had a lady come to me one time and said, she told me all her cares. She had marital problems. She had physical problems. She had kid problems. She had financial problems. She had all these problems. And by the time she told me all her problems, I was heavy burdened. And I thought, God, while she's talking to me, you know, I'm listening to my spirit. How am I going to help this lady? And I thought, this is big, this is big, this is big. You know, you have people come up and you, I got the answer, I can help you. The word of God says this, let's, let's do this. But this lady came and her problems were big. And I told her, I said, you know what? I don't have the answer, but I know the answer and I can take you to him. I can take you to the answer, the one who can help you with everything. I don't know how to resolve your problems, but he does. And I can get you there. See, if we can just get people there into the presence of God and we're not so distracted by our own stuff that we have an awareness of what the Holy Spirit is saying in our hearts, we can take people to the presence of God. You can't take people where you haven't been. I said, you can't take somebody where you haven't been. you got to get in the presence of God on a day-to-day basis. It's got to be first and foremost in your life before Facebook, before Instagram, before news stuff, before talking about your bills, before talking about your problems. It's got to be the first thing that you look at, his face. His face. What, what brings change in your life? As we behold him, we're changed from glory to glory. What is the very thing the enemy wants to keep you from? His face. Why? Because he knows that's where you're going to get your answers. He knows that's where you're going to get change. He knows if he can keep you distracted, 
and entangled with all this mess, then you're going to stay away from the place of change. You know what that place is? That's the place of exchange. It's the place of exchange. How many like to exchange things? My husband says I'm the queen of take back. Because I can't stand it when I spend money on something and it breaks or it doesn't work or it doesn't fit. I can't stand it. So I take it back. And guess what? They ask for a receipt. I don't have a receipt. I don't know what I paid for it. Well, where's the card you bought it on? I don't know which card I bought it on. You know what? When you go in the presence of God and you go to that place of exchange, he doesn't ask you for a receipt because it's already been paid for. He's got the receipt right here in the Bible. The word of God tells you what Jesus paid, what he bought and paid for, and your life should be free. We should be walking in the freedom of Christ. The witness of our life is a witness to this world. Jesus is the answer. Are we given that reflection from our lives? Are we walking in victory? Are we distracted? Are we entangled by the cares of life? I'm completely off my notes. So your spiritual enemy and every force of hell is going to try to distract you from living from the things that matter the most. Amen? It is a fight to focus. How many believe that? It is a fight for your faith. It's a, you know what? It's a good fight because we win. And it is a fight. It is a fight to keep your focus on the answer. It is a fight because we are in a world with much demonic activity going on. And it is heightened. Let me just tell you what's gone on in this last week. And y'all know, I don't have to say anything so we don't get taken off YouTube. But y'all know what's happening right now. There has been a, an upheaval in the spirit world, the demonic world. And it is heightened. There's been a shift in the winds of the spirit and so if we don't shift up, those things that are shifting up are going to take over. And I'm telling you what, you better get in your prayer closet and start praying out the plan and the will of God for this nation because you are the righteous voice. We are the ones that are keeping this, this place alive. We are the ones that are pushing back the darkness through our prayers. It's because we're supposed to, not because we're some proud, lofty person, but we have authority over the enemy. He's given us a voice. Use it. What are you using your voice for? Wah, wah, wah. Complain, complain. Crab, crab. Wah, wah. Don't get in my way. What are you using your voice for? The, the word says that there's power in your words. God formed the worlds with the sound of his voice. And then he gave us the authority to use our words to change, to make a difference. And if we're not using our voice for the right thing, then you're going to be using it for the wrong thing. I'm telling you what, faith works. It works for you or it works against you. You either have your faith in God or you have your faith in the negative side. And it's working. It's working. I said it's working. You can look at your life right now, and what you're living right now is what you spoke out yesterday. You can change your world today, tomorrow, with your words. What does the word of God say? My sister was telling me that she has, she has a son that's going through some major stuff, some opposition in his marriage, and it's just awful. Some things, it's demonic. And uh, he's working at a car, he's a car salesman. He's very good at what he does. He's, he was in a low spot in his, his car sales. And so she was just encouraging him because, you know, he's, he's not been walking with the Lord the way he knows, the way he's been trained up. And uh, so she said, just say, he, he called her one day and said, I sold seven cars. 
seven cars to, he lives in, in Tulsa. He sold seven cars to, I think it was an enterprise or one of those rental places, seven of them to an Oklahoma City dealer. That's just unheard of. She said, you say out of your mouth, this happens to me all the time. Guess what he's been saying? This happens to me all the time. Guess what he's been doing? Selling cars. Y'all, it works. Because he has faith in his words. He has faith in the word of God to make a change, to make a difference in his life. Amen. So every demonic force wants to pull you apart and separate you and disengage your faith to distract you from what God has for you. If you could just be mindful of that one statement and have a realization that there is a demonic world and it is trying to take you out. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. Because then he will neutralize or disengage you from your faith and eventually you'll destroy yourself. He doesn't have to do it. He just lets you do it off on your own. Because if you're just negative all the time, if you're just speaking out, uh, focusing on all the problems in the world, let me just encourage you. Don't watch the news. (laughs) Let me encourage you. Don't talk about it so much. We, we need to be, you know, aware, but we don't need to be delving into it and just inundated with all that's going on. Because I'm telling you what, all it does is it draws your spirit downward. How many have noticed that? Have you been in a conversation about things that are going on and afterwards you felt kind of yuck? Because it's a total distraction from the enemy. And he's like, hmm, he's, he's wringing his hands saying, I got you where I want you. All I need you to do is just talk about the problems. So what you, what, you folk, what you talk about is what you magnify, and what you magnify is what manifests. I like what my pastor said one time. He said, the choice of your meditation is the choice of your worship. So what you're meditating on, what you're focusing on, what you're talking about is what you're, what you're honoring, what you're worshiping. And God said, I'll have no other gods before me. So we've made gods out of everything right now. We've made gods out of what's going on in our society. We've made gods out of all kinds of things. And I want to tell you a little story here. And you guys know this story. This is about how many remember the story about Mary and Martha. These two ladies. Luke 10, 40. In the same chapter Buddy was in. But Martha became exasperated. This is the, the passion. I just like how it says it. By finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. How many ladies have done that, been there? So she interrupted Jesus, said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? She started to have a little little problem there. She started focusing on herself. She was was mad at the Lord and at her sister because the focus was all on Jesus and on her sister worshiping, and here she had done all the work. How many have ever been in that place where you've done all the work? How many know every family has that one person that comes and they want to partake of the food and they want to be a part of the party, but then they want to sit afterwards. They don't want to help. They don't want to lift a hand. They bring their Tupperware and they receive the, the, uh, um, the what do you call it, the seconds, the leftovers, yeah, to bring home, but they didn't bring anything. They just brought their Tupperware. How many have a person in their family just like that? Yes. You don't have anyone like that. (laughs) We all have that person. So the Lord answered her, Martha, 
Oh, wait, I'm, I skipped the most important part. She said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You, she's telling the master, you should tell her to get up and help me. She told Jesus, you should tell her to get up and help me. Wow, she had some nerve. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. He said her name twice, Martha, Martha. Now, if Jesus comes into a room and I'm worshiping and he says my name twice, you know I'm going to be at full attention. He said my name, not once, but twice. He has something to say to me, right? Why are you so upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege away from her. Isn't that so good? I love the Amplified where it says, do you have it up there? I don't have it for some reason. Yes, there is need of only one thing, one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage. It's to her advantage. How many know there is a good portion for you to choose every day of your life and it's for your advantage? It's not his advantage, it's your advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. There is a good portion for us to choose each and every day that we get up. Each and every day. Are we, what are we choosing to do with our time? What are we choosing to do with our mental direction? What are we choosing? And I'm, we're going to talk about it. You all know what it is. Jesus loves Martha by expressing what is most useful. He loved her so much, he told her, it is the good portion and I will not take that away from her. Aren't you thankful that he has a good portion for you each and every day? So let me talk about what are the things that seem to distract us. We have social media. That's a whole ballgame in itself. There's kid activities. There's feedings. There's, there's, there's the self-focus uh, on how do I look and, you know, I need to take care of myself. So I have to go to the gym. And, I, and I'm not saying any of these things are bad. I'm just saying that some of them can get out of balance and they can be the focus, the focal point. And while we're focal, are focusing on one thing, something else is suffering. And that would be our relationship with our father, right? I know we have to work. I know we have to pay bills. I know we have to take care of people. I know we have to do things in this world. But what are you doing with the first part of your day? Before you even get out of bed, are you acknowledging God are you saying, Lord, I need you today? I can't live without you. If you're old enough, you know that you can't get out of the bed without him. And so you're saying, God, thank you that you're here. You're my strength. You're, you're everything that I need today. And if you're smart and wise and you're young, you will do that before you get old <laughs> and recognize the need for, the sa for your Savior each and every morning. Amen. So... Mary, Martha wasn't doing a bad thing, but she wasn't doing the best thing. How many know that there are difficult choices between good and best? There are things that we can do with our time that are good. And sometimes the enemy will use the good things and make us think that we are flowing in the best. But there is a good and perfect will of the Father. There is the permissible and then there is the perfect there is the acceptable, and then there is the perfect will. 
And that is where we want to be each and every day, the perfect will. of. And all it is, we might think, well, what is it? What is it? All it is is choosing him every day. It's choosing the good portion first in our lives. And I'm just going to tell you from experience, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here too because I'm not perfect in this, but if you don't put your schedule around him, everything else will take over your schedule. If you try to fit him into your schedule, he will be pushed out. If you're trying to say, God, I got this, this, and this, and you know my life, and you know my heart. I love that statement. You know my heart. Well, if my husband never did anything for me, he never expressed his love for me. We lived together, but we just didn't talk much. There wasn't much communication. And he said to me, well, you know my heart. Yeah, I know your heart. Because I can see it, and it's evident in your actions. It's evident in your words. It's evident in the way you're living your life that you don't really give a care, right? That's not how he is, but I'm just saying. That's an example, right? Okay, so we have to choose the good portion. If we're beholding him, it changes me. The enemy will keep us from the good portion as much as possible. Jeremiah 2, 32. I don't know if you got this one in there. See, I just got a notification from Target. I had to quickly... Get rid of it so it didn't distract me. I'm telling you about it. It did distract me, but anyways. <laughs> There's a good example. Jeremiah 2, 32. I don't know if this got into my notes, but it says, does a young woman forget her jewelry? Any ladies ever forget your earrings and turn back and go get them? I carry a, I, I carry a pair in my purse in case I forget them. Um, a bride, her wedding ornaments. Have you ever seen a bride forget her dress? She never, there's lots of planning around that. Yet, my people have forgotten me days without number. God is saying, my people have forgotten me many, many days. How dare we forget the one who gave his life for us to walk free and to have liberty, to have a relationship. Jesus didn't die so that we could have a religion. He died so that we could have a relationship and know his heart and be led by his spirit and know what's coming up because he says in his word that he'll show us things to come. But how can he show us anything if we're too distracted and entangled? In too many things. And this is becoming a distraction. I might take it off. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. So forgetting God will cause us to walk in unbelief. How many, how many can have recognized that in your life? When you've been in a, in a kind of a pattern where you've been out of fellowship. And every one of us are guilty of this. All of a sudden some things start to occur and your faith is hindered. Am I talking to the choir? No, if you haven't been in the presence of the Lord and your faith is not being built up by his presence and by the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. It's not the only way it comes, but it comes by the word of God. It comes in the presence of God. Wasn't worship amazing today? I'm so thankful that his presence meets us every day. And I'm so grateful for the vessels that we have. I was watching uh, uh, JP and how he flows in the spirit. And just, I was watching Daniel, just how they flow. I mean, the ones up front are obvious, but the people in the back, have you ever noticed? They're, they're worshiping God too. And he gives us these abilities, this expression of worship that comes out of our heart. You know what that comes from? It comes from spending time with him. You're not going to experience worship in a church that's anointed by God if people aren't spending time with their father. 
again, we can't take you where we haven't been. So we got to go there, and it doesn't become a performance. And, you know, we're a loud church because we love God. And we're excited about him. We're excited about his presence. We're excited about the word of God. Why? Because it's our life. It's our life. It brings change. It brings help. It brings healing. Amen? Amen. It's what we stand on. It's what we're anchored in when we go through hard times. This last two years, I'm so thankful that we've been anchored on the rock. We don't have to be moved by what's going on in our lives. Yeah, there might be a little bit of shaking. But that anchor's gone way down, and it's deep. And my boat might drift this way and this way, but it's not going anywhere very far because my anchor is there, and it's holding me down to the anchor, to the rock of my salvation. Amen? Okay, so I got to hurry. So forgetting God causes unbelief, and then it causes rebellion. How many have ever been to that place? Not by a showing of hands. This is a rhetorical question. You've been in a place where you've forgotten God, You've been out of fellowship. The unbelief comes. It hinders your faith. And all of a sudden, you're in this place of rebellion where you realize, I'm too far from God. My anchor has been pulled up out of my, my, my rock, and I have drifted off over here. And I don't really know what I believe anymore. And so that's the place where the devil wants to get you because then when you're in that place, there's no faith, there's no believing God, there's no, there's no protection. You're not hidden under the shelter of his wing anymore. He that dwelleth, dwelleth, what does dwell mean? Lives. He that dwelleth in this secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then you can say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. You know why I can trust him? Because I know I'm hidden under the shelter of his wings. You know why I'm hidden under the shelter? Because I've been dwelling in the secret place. And I know who my God is. I know in whom I serve. I look up when problems come. I look to the one who brings me help. Amen? Is this helping you at all? Praise God. So there's three actions that we're going to talk about to help us diminish, to get rid of distractions. The first one is diminish the distractions. How do we diminish distractions? Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 in the Amplified says, Therefore then, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witness, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight. How many are carrying some unnecessary weight in your physical body? Yeah. All of us probably have a little something to, little something, something to work on, right? Not all of us, some of us. So how do we get rid of that weight? I have found that you can't just say, I'm going to get rid of this weight and not change anything. I have found that if I want to lose weight and get rid of this excess, that I'm going to have to change my diet. I'm going to have to change my workout. I'm going to have to work out. <laughs> you're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to lift some weights and run a little bit and move your body, move your body. You're going to have to make some change to get rid of the unnecessary weights. Saying goes, my daughter just texted me, um, <laughs> a little distraction. The same goes with our, our spiritual life. We have to make change to get rid of the unnecessary weights in our lives. Amen. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results. Now, there is a place in faith where we do that. We continue to walk in faith and believe God, and there will be change. But in this case, there has to be a different action, 
a different action has to take place for us to get rid of those unnecessary weights. Are y'all with me? Poke the person next to you, give them a little sleep poker and say, wake up, a little sleep poker. All right, y'all wake. Say amen. amen. All right, so, and that sin, let's see, we strip off and throw aside every unnecessary weight, that sin which so readily, uh, deftly and cleverly clings to us and entangles us, entangles us. There's that word, distractions and entangles. And I won't get into this, but there's all kinds of things that try to distract us in this world, sins and things that we are free from, if we'll recognize who we are in Christ. And let us run with patience and endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. I love what Jesus did, looking away from all that will distract, this is what he did on the cross, to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. And he is the finisher. He is the joy. And he, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured what he had to go through. But he kept his focus on what was before him. What was before him? It was us. He saw us walking in the freedom, walking in the light of who we are in him. It was us because we were walking in salvation. We were walking in, in all that he gave us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. He kept his focus on us. He said, I can do this. He couldn't be distracted. He couldn't be distracted. If he was distracted for one minute, his eyes would have been on what he was going through physically. He, his mind would have been, on, his focus would have been on this. God, I can't do this. No, that's not what he did. He looked away to us. That's what we have to do. We cannot be distracted by the cares of life. We cannot be distracted by the pains and the things. The word says that there'll be some sufferings. There's some things that we go through. And I'm not saying that God puts those things on us. We know that the enemy is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. But there are some things that we have to walk out. How many have had to walk out some things? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil because he's with me, his rod and his staff comfort me, he prepares a table, amen? And that's the place where I want to get to, to the table, the table that he's prepared, the place of abundance. Now, I've had three children naturally, foolishly naturally, <laughs> no, if you're with it, if you're okay with it, I don't mean my children, I mean the way I did it, they're looking at each other like, what? <laughs> huh? Fools. No, I didn't mean you guys, fools. I meant me. I had, and if you're all about natural birth, that more power to you. But uh, I had them with midwives. Two of them were born at home. And the last one about killed me. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so he was nine four. And uh, I had him, I don't want to tell you too many details. I had him water and, you know, and he was, he was hard. He was hard one to get out. <laughs> and uh, I, I, my mom was there and I, I told her, you know, when you're having a baby, they tell you to have a focal point. You ladies remember that? You got to have a focal point. I thought, what in the world is a focal point? Well, when I went into labor, I found out what a focal point was and why it was necessary. And so I had my focal point. I can't remember what it was now. Um, and I told my mom, because there was a point where I thought I was going to pass out. And I thought, if I pass out, I'm home. I'm going to die. So that's not an option. So I said, Mom, speak to me. And so she started speaking the word. She knew exactly what I needed. She said, you can do all things through Christ. The greater one's in you. You have the strength of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You can do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. She was just speaking the word. Yeah. If I would have said in one moment, I can't do this, I think I would have not been able to do it. I think my body would have heard me. 
and I would have given it up. You understand what I'm saying? It's important what you're saying in the middle of the storm. You got to keep your focal point on the Lord and not give in to the pain, the stuff that's going on around you. Do not speak out what the enemy wants you to speak out. When you're going through a physical challenge, you know, and you're being, you're being challenged with, with pain, you're having, maybe, you know, like Casey, she's having to go through some chemo, she's giving her, her testimony, and God's bringing her out, and she knows he's the author and the finisher of her faith, and we're standing with her and believing God, but she hasn't been able to ever say anything contrary to what the word says, right? Never say how she feels. Never talk about the problem. You only speak the word, right? That's what a focal point is. You have to keep your focus on the word of God. You have to know what the word of God says so you know what to say. You got to get in the word of God and know, what does the word say about this? What does the word say about me? One of the things that keeps us from being able to focus is social media. The average person... Uh, spends two hours a day on social media, 12 hours a week, 50 hours a month, 616 hours a year, 128 days every five years, for every five years. Um, it causes relationships to suffer. If you're younger, that's just the, the ones of us that are older, if you're younger, you spend two hours a day, you lose seven years of your life scrolling, tapping, commenting, scrolling, tapping, commenting, scrolling, tapping, commenting, seven years of your life. You know what? My life is too valuable. My calling is too great. And my God is too good for me to waste my time on what's going on in this world. Amen. Now, I love social media because I'm, I'm a very social person. We've got lots of friends and family from ministry back through the years, and I've been able to keep in touch with them. And that's the hard part for me is, for me, it's a communication thing. It's a place for me to, I don't get on there and complain about my life and tell about the deodorant that I'm using that day and that kind of stuff. I get on there and tell people about Jesus. So it, it's hard for me sometimes because I feel like it's a platform that we can use to do something good with. But it's kind of taken some turn, and so we have to be careful that it doesn't consume us. You guys agree with me on that? He's given you passions. He's given you gifts. He's given you purposes for the season that you're in, and he can't use any of that if your focus is on other things. Amen? Cares are a distraction. How many know we all have cares? And I've touched on this before, but I want you to see it with your physical eye. I'm a, I'm a visual learner, so it's good to see it. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He's watching over you. So this is out of my, my um, study Bible. The word care, I think I have it up there, is uh, out of the Strong's. The word care means, do you have it up there? Did you put it up? Marimna. It's um, the word to divide the mind, noose. Miro, to divide and noose the mind. How many recognize noose? To divide the mind. That's what the word care means, to divide your mind. Kind of reminds me of the word distraction, to pull apart, to separate, right? The word denotes distractions, anxieties, burdens, and worries. Marimna means to be anxious beforehand about daily life. How many have anxious thoughts and forebodings? about your life. Today, you're thinking about tomorrow, and you're already anxious about that. Proverbs 15, 15 says that the, we can have an anxious thoughts and forebodings, but the man who has a grateful heart 
and who is righteous has a continual feast no matter his circumstances. We can have a continual feast no matter what we're going through. If our focus is on him, we're not distracted. So we can be distracted by what? People. If you're dating someone you're not supposed to be dating, it's a distraction. If you're distracted by that person, then you're not able to live the way God wants you to live. If you're distracted by that person, then you're distracted from your purpose. Somebody's laughing. I'm not going to look at you if you're distracted. <laughs> if, you're, if you're spending time with the wrong people, then it's distracting your time and your purpose and the plan of God for your life. And you're wasting time. I said you're wasting time. Time is of essence. Time is no longer your friend. It's not what we have. It's what we do with what we have. We've got to utilize that first scripture I read says, be wise what you're doing with every day. Every day. We'll stand accountable for our words and for our time. Another thing we have to be careful about is our attitudes, how they can be a distraction. Have you ever walked in the room and somebody had an attitude and you can just feel it? Moms, let me just speak to you. Moms set the atmosphere for the home. And if you have a nasty attitude because you've been focusing on the wrong thing and there's so many uh, distractions in your life right now and you haven't been worshiping the Lord and you're just focusing on the kid problem, the husband problem, the financial problem, all the issues in the world, we're just focused on the wrong things and then we've set an atmosphere in the home and guess what? Our children are going to follow thereafter. And we're just teaching them to do the same thing that we're doing. We have to be good examples of setting the atmosphere for our home. And I'm not saying I'm innocent of this. Every one of us have flesh to deal with, right? We have to deal with our flesh. I love one time, I remember, uh, I'll never forget this. We were driving in the car in Ohio. And I think Hayden was, I think we were in the truck because there was only two. And um, Hayden was probably about 10, not very old. And just out of the blue, he reached over and held my hand and he said, Mom, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. I was like, okay. Kind of took me off guard, but I was like, yay. He's learning to go to where his help comes from. I'm so thankful for that. He wouldn't learn that had we not taught him that. He's learning what his direction, where his focus needs to be. He doesn't need to be distracted by all these other things. And then they carry it through into their adulthood, right? Hopefully. Amen. So... The attitudes we can have, we can have pride. We can have pride. The word says, humble, your, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, 1 Peter 5, 6. We have to humble ourselves. And sometimes it can sneak in. You don't know you're in pride when you're in pride. Do you know that? <laughs> you got to have somebody else tell you, hey, guess what? You got a pride problem. And then you can't be so much in pride that you can't accept it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody might need to change some things, and if they don't have any willingness to receive what you have to speak into their life, there's not going to be change because the pride wall is up. It's like, I don't need any help from you. You don't know what I know. All right, I'll just leave that there. Bitterness, unforgiveness, these things that can cause us to be focused on the wrong attitude, and it can create an attitude. It can create an atmosphere in our home. It's a distraction from the enemy. The enemy's come in through what you're doing and what you're saying to envelop and to affect your whole household, and your whole house has a calling on it, right? So how dare we give in to that attitude, that bitterness, that rejection, that shame thing? We've been set free from all those things. 
You've been set free from your past. Don't carry your past into your future. God wants to do something with you now. Cut the past off, good or bad. Don't be bragging about your past because it was good. Let go of the good and let, let God do something else with your life because there's a whole bunch more in front of you. Amen? So, and then the other thing is self-attitudes. And I want to touch on this because um, we, have to be, we have to stop being distracted by the, the areas and the attitudes we have towards ourselves of insecurities. And I think this is a huge problem in the church we get so focused on what we're not, and we forget about what we are and who we are and whose we are. We, we, we focus on our inabilities and our insecurities and our lack of this and that, and we can't do this well enough, and somebody else does it better. You know what? Comparison is the devil's playground. You cannot compare your gifts. You cannot compare what you're able to do with what somebody else is able to do. God's called you to be a unique person. He has placed a purpose in your life, in your mother's womb, and it's up to you to stand tall and be who God's called you to be in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Every person in this room can stand tall and be proud, in the right sense, of who you are in God. He's given you abilities. The Word says that we're complete in Him. I am complete in him. I don't need anything else except him. Now I have to go to him. I got to keep going to him to continue, continue that place, that relationship with him so that I'm continually ever flowing. There's, there's a place where, you know, I was thinking what, uh, what was it you were saying? Oh, it was Buddy when he was talking about, you know, that we're in that place of, of giving and receiving and how uh, even, you know, you can receive healing. It's not that we're, we're paying for a healing. We're not paying for a healing. We're just getting ourselves lined up with what God's already put in place, the principles, the spiritual principles, and we're getting ourselves under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen? We're getting our place, our, our, our mind and our spirits aware and alert of the ability of God, and we're flowing in a, in a, a spiritual principle by giving of ourselves the first fruit, the first... What does the word say in, in Matthew 6, 33? Seek ye second, third, fourth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What's going to be added unto you? Well, what do you have need of? What do you have need of in your life? If you're lacking in your life, then I would dare to say that you've not been seeking him first. I would dare to say that we need to step up in the place of honoring God first in our lives. Amen? The word is true or it's not. It's true. Amen? The word says, you know, everybody likes to quote that part that says, he that the son is set free is free indeed. I'm free. And they're walking around in all kinds of addictions and bondage. The first part of that verse says, if you'll continue in my words, then you'll be my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The problem is people are not continuing in the word. They're not putting God first. They're too distracted by all the cares and all the stuff that's going on in their life. And so because they're doing that, they're not in the word of God. And the word of God is what brings faith, but increases in your faith. And then when your faith is in a place where you can receive God, then the blessings are there, and you're walking in freedom. If you're walking in bondage, I would dare to say you need to get in the word of God. And you might think, I'm a student of the word. I love the word. Yay for you. 
But you know what? I love the word of God too, but it's never, it's one day full of the word is not enough. Today is good, but tomorrow is coming. And there's a new devil tomorrow. I like what Joyce Meyer says, new level, new devil. We're, we're going to new levels, and guess what? There is a new level the devil's taken because he knows his time is short. We're almost at the end of this race, and we're picking up the pace. So if we're picking up the pace, then we got to seek his base more. Amen? Okay, number two, focus on what's important. Be intentional about what you focus what you focus on. Proverbs 4, 25, 26 says, let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose. How many have a fixed purpose? Let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. How are they established? How are they ordered aright? By seeking him first. And let that be our fixed purpose. Peter, he walked on the water. He had a fixed purpose. It enabled him to walk on the water. But as soon as his eyes got off of Jesus, he was distracted. He was entangled with what was going on. He was feeling the winds. He was feeling the water splashing his face. His hair was blowing in the wind. He's like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to sink. His focus was on the wrong thing. He was distracted. What is sinking your life right now? What is bringing you down right now? What thoughts are bringing you down? What thoughts are causing you to sink into them. Your focus has to be on Jesus. There's good things, there's bad things, there's kid things, there's body things, there's past things, present things, not measuring up to things. All those things will cause us to sink when our eyes are off of Jesus. Amen? You'll never just wander into a place of righteousness or effectiveness or fall into God's plan in your life. It will not just happen. Yes, the favor of God follows me everywhere I go, but everything I do in my life has to be intentional. You, you look at any person who is a success, Buddy was talking about you know, someone who was successful. I'm telling you what, he didn't just sit around and let his mind be distracted and wander about things and just say, someday I'll be a millionaire. No, he had purpose, he had intention, he focused. You know what the word says in Proverbs? It says, as a man thinks, so is he. What are you thinking on? What do you want to be? What do you want your kids to be? What do, where do you want your finances to be? Where, where do you want your body to be? What are you focusing on? What are you distracted by? Recognize the enemy and recognize that you have to be intentional with your focus. Where do you want to be this time next year? Have you written it down? Have you talked to your spouse? Have you figured out what you want to do with the end of your life? I'm not talking about worrying about retirement. I'm talking about your purpose. What is God purpose for your life and how are you going to get to it? Is it just going to fall into place? No, you have to be intentional. You have to have focus. In order for, to get the baby out, you had to be focused on the focal point. There could not be a distraction and your mouth could not say anything contrary to what the word of God says. Amen. I'm not moved by what I see, what I feel, what I hear. I'm only moved by what the truth of the word of God says. Amen. And then the third thing, and we go by faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory. Amen. So don't, don't get distracted or upset about where you are in this season. Let me just say that. Somebody needs to hear that. Don't be distracted and upset about where you are in this season. God's taking you to a higher place. If you'll continue to, to 
pursue him and to seek him. He's got a plan and he'll show it to you. The last one is listen to the voice of God. There are many voices in this world. I said, there are many voices and you better be tuned into the voice of the Holy Spirit so you know you are following after him and not voices in this world. And if you are entertaining demonic things through your movies, through your music, through your people associations, you betcha you have an open door to other voices to speak into your life. And you better shut those doors right now so that only the voice of the Holy Ghost can speak into your life. You know what? The voice of the Spirit, he is a he is still, soft, gentle voice. He is a gentleman. He is not going to barge his way into your life, but he's waiting on you to come into his presence. And he says, as soon as you ask him, he's going to show you what to do. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Too many noises, too many voices. You won't be able to hear him. Isaiah 30, 21 says, and, the, and your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, the Holy Spirit's there to tell you, this is the way I want you to go. John 10, 27, the sheep that are my own hear. Did you see that? The sheep that are my own. You might think you're a sheep, but if you're not hearing, it says, my own hear and listen to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. What? And they don't follow others. Emma's telling me that sheep are stupid. They'll follow each other right over the cliff. Don't follow just anybody and everybody. you got to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So when you seek him first, you will hear him. You might say, I've been seeking the Lord and I don't seem to hear him. You know what? Guess what? You know how he speaks? What does he speak through? He speaks through his word. He speaks through songs. He speaks through people. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through nature sometimes. Now, don't get too weird off on that stuff. But I'm just saying, you can go out and just sense the presence of God, right? Through what he has made. We go to Colorado. My husband's like, ooh, ah, look at those mountains. And I'm trying to breathe, you know. But he loves it. But you can sense the presence of God just through being out in the open. Amen. So if you're needing to hear the voice of the spirit, I would just encourage you to get in the word of God. Turn on some worship music. Hang out with people that talk about God. Don't hang out with people that talk about their problems, that talk about the world, that talk about issues, that talk about everything else but God. And if those are the kind of friends that you have, you need some new friends. Because who you're hanging out with is what you're going to become like. Yeah, for what it's worth. <laughs> your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good to be distracted by the things that do not last. Amen. He will redirect us if we will seek him and we will ask of him. Amen. Zig Ziglar said, lack of direction, not lack of time is the problem. We all have 24 hours in our day. Lack of direction not lack of time. How do we get our direction? We get it from the voice of the Spirit. We get it from the presence of God. I just want to encourage you, if you heard anything at all today, your calling is too important for you to be distracted by the cares of this world. So recognize the distractions, the voices, the entanglements, the things. You know, uh, I was talking to somebody, I won't say who, 
um, they were telling me about, you know, their workplace and how um, there's a woman there that is very controlling and manipulative and it's creating an atmosphere in the place where it's just hard to work with. She's very, you know, you probably know people like that. And we were talking, I said, you know, you can take authority over that spirit. That's a spirit that's trying to operate. You're here in this office and you are a child of God and you have a voice and you can speak with authority and say, I take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. You will not have any place in my workplace. I, I'm here and I'm bringing the presence of God in this place. Amen? It works. I've done it. I've had somebody come into my house. I used to do nails. I did somebody's nails and she'd come in and man, just that overwhelming, controlling, manipulating spirit. I just took authority over it. The Holy Spirit told me, he said, take authority. Bind that thing up. I did, and it worked. It works. The word of God works. What do you know? See, we, when we come into the room, we bring the presence of God, and we bring change. We bring focus to him. We don't bring distractions. We bring focus because we've been focused on the answer. We bring the answer to people. If we're distracted, we're going to bring in a bunch of mess. But if we're focused on him and we're focused on the presence of God, then we bring in the anointing. You are anointed. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been, you've been saved, you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're anointed to bring change. You're anointed to make a difference. Don't let that pass you by. Don't just ignore that fact. Oh, well, it's just quesera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be the way we come in to bring it to be. Amen? We're going to bring change. We're going to bring a difference. We're going to be focused. We're not going to be distracted. Amen? Amen. How many are with me on this? Amen. So are you going to survive or are you going to thrive? Let's thrive. Let's thrive in this time that we're in right now. Would you stand?